Hey, it's your boy, it's your boy Ike, Ike Allred, with Create or Die, the podcast. Ooh, I like it. Well, today's going to be a good one. Now, we have two different kinds of episodes that we uh, we have on this here program. The type of episode where I bring someone on, usually a friend, and we talk about all things creative, uh, hear about them, their backstory, what it is that they do to create. And then the other type of episode where, you know, kind of kind of the type of episode that started it all. The type of episode where I'm here, vulnerable, in front of the mic, no cuts, no retakes, and I just kind of let it out. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I care about. This is what I'm concerned about. And this is this is one of those episodes. We ain't got no guest today, you know. You could say we have a guest in spirit, Mr. Seth Godin. Now, he's still living. He's just, uh, you know... <laughs> Pretty, pretty lofty guest, one of those uh, whale guests, if you will, that uh, maybe come episode 522 uh, will be in a place where he, he might grace us with his presence. But the reason I say he's a guest in spirit is because I just finished listening to one of his books, and I think it's uh, a fairly recent one uh, from 2020, I believe. It's called The Practice Shipping Creative Work. That's, that's us. That's what we're all about. And that's something that I'm getting back into. Just shipping that work out. The creative work. And finding ways to monetize it. And that's important to me. It may not be important to you right now. And that's cool. I think whatever it is, wherever you are in your creative process, hopefully you'll you'll get something out of this episode and and any, any of the others that you'll you'll listen to. So what I'm thinking is I'll I'll just kind of throw out some learnings from this book that I just finished today via Audible, and no, I'm not getting any kickbacks for talking about this book. The you know the advertisers Audible or whatever apparently tens and tens of listeners or viewers isn't enough to to want to throw tens of thousands of dollars my way to to promote to promote this book and that's okay we'll get there we'll get there one of these days but uh it's rare that a book really speaks to me as i don't know urgently and and uh directly as this one did you know this whole idea that creativity is a commodity you know uh with with a lot of the attacks that we're starting to to fill as creatives with ai art um different tools on these newfangled computers that can make creating art that much easier and then if you work at a place where maybe 
creativity, creatives in general, are are considered uh, not awesome or not as valuable as those that maybe do other functions like schedule meetings and uh, come up with ideas for events or whatever, whatever the case may be. I'm not speaking of anything specific, but sometimes you, I, you could imagine that there could be those companies that uh, don't put as much value on creativity or the art of creating or shipping work, producing stuff. Now, Seth does a good job at applying what it is he's talking about, the, the art of making art to anything you might do, whether you're a painter or a designer or a musician or a marketer or uh, you know, a ballerina or a figure skater, whatever it is, you can be creating art. Now, something to dig into, uh, you know, I may be, well, obviously not doing it justice, so check out that audiobook. But while listening to this book, I was at work um, over the past few business days, and I would throw the headphones on and a couple hours a day listen to this this book by Seth Godin. And what was crazy is I, I found myself being inspired time and time again and I had a handy dandy sketchbook nearby thankfully and started jotting down little aphorisms or one-liners that really stood out to me you know with ideas of maybe making them a mantra for myself or maybe putting them on a t-shirt or sticker down the road so Stay tuned, creatordie.net shop might include some version of these ideas at some point. But when it comes to art, I, I like the way that, that Seth defined it. And, and uh, I don't know if he came up with this or if he found it somewhere else, but he said, art is the act of doing something that might not work. Skadoosh! blew my mind I love it I love it I love the way he put that Um, you know I'm currently working in a marketing department and you know it's it's scary to do things that might not work especially when you're dealing with dollars and you're dealing with shareholders that expect a certain ROI on the things that that we do so you know it makes sense that we're gonna do the same things we're gonna we're gonna do our ad spend on LinkedIn and and if we put you know X amount of dollars against that we know we're gonna get X amount of return or whatever but but if we want to create art it's the act of doing something that might not work. So something that uh, for marketers and CEOs out there might be a little scary. But yeah, stew on that for a minute. And let's go back to my notes here. Uh, passion is a choice. Now this one, 
this is a good one. This is one I, I hadn't thought of before. Now, Seth went on to describe how, you know, we're told or, or we expect or we feel entitled to find our passion that, you know, we'll be doing something, you know, the clouds will part, the God rays will shine upon us, and we will be able to identify exactly what it is our passion is because it has found us. But what, uh, what Seth argues, and, and I tend to agree, is that passion is a choice that you can't wait for passion to find you, but instead you need to make your passion. So find something that, that you're good at or that you are willing to work at. Choose your hard. That was another thing he would talk about. You know, those who are bodybuilders or Olympic runners, marathon runners or whatever, they've decided that their hard is physical mastery and endurance and that's what they choose. For those of us who have chosen to become a creative. Our hard, one of them, is to deal with the never-ending quest to perfect our craft, whatever whatever that is. And in a lot of people's cases, it might be multiple things. But choose your hard and then choose your passion like make that thing the thing that you're passionate about and the way that you do that is to just show up and do the work and improve and work at it so yeah that was one that that I'm going to I'm going to use a lot something that hopefully will help me in the future when I'm down about something <laughs> or my children or their children uh, when it comes to what do I want to be when I grow up don't wait for your passion to find you passion is a choice and you can choose to find your voice or you can continue to ignore it that uh, that's powerful as well because I'm currently struggling with this whole world of social media and trying to, you know, charm the algorithms so that it will serve my content up and give it the, the airtime that it deserves and I'll be discovered and I'll go viral on every single video that I post, right? Or every piece of artwork or every real or whatever but in doing so you know I've definitely chosen to ignore my voice you know instead what makes me unique what what do I like you know more importantly what does the audience that I'm trying to connect with like and that's something that Seth goes into a lot he talks about 
who is it for? You know, it can't be for, for everyone. And advice, uh, some advice I've heard in the past is, you know, just create stuff that's for you. And if you like it, then others are bound to like it. And you'll create your, your voice and your following that way. But the problem with that is, um, I think that's, that's rare. And that's, uh, and, and Seth had some interesting illustrations throughout the book where he talked about, you know, if you're out of touch with what your audience, and you, you need to define that, is looking for, then, you know, eventually you're going to end up as a, a Liberace and, and your brand of whatever it is you, you're creating will will become stagnant so you know you definitely need to find your voice know your audience but at the same time be innovative and and look around you and be inspired by other things um something that you know another thing that he says seth my man godin uh talks about find your streak and maintain it find your streak and maintain it. So one of the streaks that I've found, if you will, is this weekly podcast that I'm doing. And right now, yeah, there aren't a whole hell of a lot of people listening to it. But that's okay. It's become, you know, something that is just part of me. It's something I have to do every week. And whether it pays off monetarily one day or it just serves as you know a therapeutic practice for myself or maybe if I'm hit by a bus my family will find solace in listening to some of these episodes I don't know but regardless I'm going to keep on keeping on (laughs) and then generic is a trap genre is a lever I like that a lot and and again we can apply that to what what I'm wrestling with currently the the algorithms on the social media is trying to build a following trying to get as many likes and follows as I can when in reality I just need to be you know, do, do what I've just talked about, you know, identify who my audience is and create or cultivate real true followers that believe in what it is I'm putting down and they're picking it up essentially. But back to what I was trying to describe a minute ago, generic is a trap. So again, that's just using the generic formula for what a video that goes viral or gets more than 200 views might look like and just regurgitating that because of speed and eventually you're you're just playing a game of who can produce the most content and hopefully more is more. Um, but 
another thing that Seth talks about is better, not more. You know, there that it's more important to do better work. You know, and again, I keep bringing this back to social media or finding an audience, but while you want to keep them engaged and and try to find new people, uh, if the quality of the work goes down, if, if I'm not learning something um, about what people liked with previous video or with what is true to my brand and, and serves the right purpose, then uh, I'm watering down my my message and my brand promise, if you will. Whereas if we can set the generic aside and let others worry about that and instead identify a genre, you know, I'm trying to speak to nerds who grew up in the 80s or something, I don't know. <laughs> and, and the type of work that I create is... Uh, an homage maybe to that time period or will resonate with people who lived through the greatest decade of all time, the 1980s, then, uh, then I can use that as a lever. You know, I can be like, hey, you like that He-Man cartoon? You liked Thundercats or whatever? Cool. Check out this new illustration I made and they'll see the nod to, to one of those franchises or whatever. So, yeah, apply that to your own selves and see how, how using genre can help you out. And listen to the, the book or, or read the book from Seth because he says it a million times better than I do for sure. Um, another great thing that Seth talked about that really resonated with me is this whole idea of going first. That people who are willing to go first are some of the most valuable people that you can have on your team. And you want to be that kind of people, that kind of person, right? So what does that mean when it comes to creative? Well, it's easy to criticize and there are meetings upon meetings designed to critique and criticize uh, work, but it's hard, it's scary to be that creator, that person with a pencil who came up with these six logo concepts and are presenting them to the committee for feedback. And it's important to realize that at first, all work is lousy. You know, your work gets better by people who have a shared interest in creating the best work possible. And they come to the table with real meaningful feedback on how to improve that thing. So whether you're working with a client on a logo design, a website design, an illustration, a video, whatever, 
you know, that first pass is going to be crap. I mean, read uh, the book by Ed Catmull. Um, what is it? Creative Creativity Inc. or whatever. Um, he talks about how that first cut of a Pixar movie is usually the, the worst movie ever created. And they go through their process to refine and perfect that that movie and that leads into another great point from this book and that was uh, trust the process and that creators have a better attitude because they've figured out how to trust the process have you noticed that in your own life I mean you know I'm dealing with a situation right now where I've sent off a website design for a client to review and it's just crickets right now and you know even though I shared with them like hey this is a work in progress this is where we're at um, I've done some sketches of what different illustrations for this page might look like um, you know it, I can't wait it's gonna be awesome but if they're not a creator, if they don't trust the process, they may be thinking right now, what in the hell did I get myself into? Hiring this wannabe designer that can't even create a perfect website homepage design on the first try, you know? But hey, I trust the process. I know we can get it there. And that's given me a lot of confidence in myself and in my team over the years that, uh, that I know that we can get things done. And it excites me and I can see, you know, what uh, Seth is saying here that we have a better attitude because we've figured out how to trust the process. And that uh, as a result, you know, attitude is... A choice it's uh, something that can be learned if you learn the process you become more comfortable with it and can trust it and can have a better attitude about it and I'm sure that can apply to everything but yeah at first all work is lousy and just get it done get ship it and that doesn't mean send it out to the end user and expect them to be happy with it it means get it off your table and into the inboxes of others who who need to help you along that process of uh, creating something magical so yeah ship that junk uh, what else we got here on the notes from this awesome book and I hope, hope you can sense my passion for this and, and you know, we'll be inclined to uh, give it a listen or a read yourself. Um, another thing that was closer to the beginning of the book, uh, Seth talked about identity. Develop the habit of identity. And that's cool. And at first it's like, okay... I'm going to carry my ID card around and people know 
then I have my identity or whatever. No. What it means is that we need to identify as a, an artist or as a creative, as a web designer, as a musician, as someone who deserves a place at the table. And that's all it takes is to identify. Um, Seth shared a story about a famous musician, musician friend of his. Uh, he didn't name drop who that was. He's humble that way, I guess. But uh, he said that this person's uh, mother was writing a book or had written a book where she identified something important that happened in all of these different musicians lives so across multiple different genres you know country rap rock folk whatever different time periods and she through some research found that around the age of 11 to 13 the one thing that all of these individuals that went on to become very successful musicians the one thing that they had that uh, was you know unique amongst them all or common denominator that's probably the better way to say it was that at around those ages 11 to 13 they told themselves and others that they were a musician or that they were going to become a musician and so it goes back to this idea of practicing identity that whether you want to be a musician an artist a ballet dancer I don't know why I use that a lot it's it's definitely not something I ever wanted to be <laughs> but uh, whatever it is you just start identifying that proclaim that that is what you are and when it comes to a lot of these things especially art you know that's all it takes you are an artist the moment you proclaim that you are an artist and no one can take that away from you and the sooner that you start doing that you're going to start behaving like an artist you know an artist would look at this that way an artist would buy this kind of an iPad with an Apple Pencil so that he or she could create art. You know, an artist would do this or that. An artist would spend, you know, two hours a day practicing their craft, whether it's drawing or 3D sculpting or guitar or piano or the written word. I don't know why I said it like that, but I did. So deal. Deal with it, yo. So, yeah, that's a lot of... That covers a lot of what uh, what stood out to me. Um, I'm looking at some more notes here. And uh, let's see what else we can pull here. Yeah. Good needs to be defined before you begin. That doesn't mean as good as it gets. That means what's the baseline of good. 
So if you're creating a logo and it needs to convey uh, strength and stability and resonate with this audience and, and whatever and needs to be no more than two colors that that's the definition of what good looks like so as an artist if you go to work and you produce six different concepts and they meet that criteria then it's good and if the committee agrees on that as well then we can move forward in a you know productive and uh, collaborative way where it's like okay this is good now what can we do to make it great what if we uh, tried these colors or we took this bite out of this apple instead of just having a solid apple whoa greatest I icon slash logo of all time the apple logo right <laughs> not quite that simple but if you look at their apple's original logo which was it's a far stretch to call it a logo it was an illustration of isaac newton and some uh real old world looking style it's hard i mean as an illustration it was a good illustration but wasn't necessarily a good logo and if they would have defined what good is yeah but we got to start somewhere and at first all work is lousy right going back to that um final thoughts here what could we yeah there's so there's so much good things and there's things that I'm missing and glossing over uh, but yeah give it a listen and and let me tell you there ain't nothing wrong with having your good days and your bad days and being able to hear from others who understand your struggle and understand that what it is that you're doing has some value can help you get through some of those uh, harder days and you know give you a new lease on life that's that's the beautiful thing about all of this as long as you're willing to show up and do the work which is another thing Seth called out you're you're an artist you're you're doing what's important even though others may not have uh, recognized the value that you're bringing or you haven't struck social media gold and broken that 10,000 follower mark or even 1,000 you know it's okay because we're learning we're learning from others we're learning from each other hopefully this podcast is helping you as much as it's helping me you know I've got to invent every week what it is I'm going to talk about and sometimes it's good stuff sometimes it's less than good stuff and sometimes 
I talk in circles like I'm doing now. And you don't even know how much longer you're going to have to sit through this. Well, my friends, the time is now. You've made it. You've made it to the end of this episode. This collection of ramblings from your boy Ike. Talking at the mic. Now we're starting to rhyme. How about that? Trust the process. And until next time, keep on creating. Create or die.